You will lose someone you can't live without and your heart will be badly broken. And the bad news is that you never completely get over the loss of your beloved. But this is also the good news. They live forever in your broken heart that doesn't seal back up and you come through. It's like having a broken leg that never heals perfectly, that still hurts when the weather gets cold, but you learn to dance with the limp. Anne Lamott. Bending Not Breaking, The Dragon Pod, Reflections. Welcome back to another episode of The Dragon Pod. This is Ben Pruitt, your host, and we are talking about a really cool story today. I am thrilled to be talking about All Storms End. All Storms End, but guess what? I have a guest and we've had a lot of really fun guests to talk about these reflections and this person is just as exciting. So let me introduce you to Haley. Haley uses she, her pronouns and enjoys watching all kinds of animated TV shows, loves to read, try new foods, a big thrifter and is a creator. And they have lots of content that they share and has a YouTube channel, uh, Cartoon Universe, and is co-host of the Hot Brown Morning Potion podcast. Haley, I am so glad you are here. Welcome to the Dragon Pod. How are you today? Good. I'm good. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me to the podcast. And uh, I've been, you know, it's been a hot summer, so I've been trying to cool down as much as possible, but... Overall, I've been doing good. Uh, what is your preferred cool down method of choice? Do you do you have a, a go-to method? Uh, just the fan right in front of my face. Just a big old <laughs> fan right in the face. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I totally get that. Mine is I end up after I go like on a long walk with my dog and I'm sweating and I, I literally just lay down on my hardwood floor, which is usually a little bit colder than the carpet or the couch with the, the ceiling fan. And I just let, let the air move. Oh man. It's hot this summer. I'm not, <laughs> I, I am over it. That's all I'm saying. Um, Same. Yeah. It's moving right along. It's moving right along. So, okay. So the fan is the the thing to cool off, but uh, just tell us a little bit about makes you you. We we learned a little bit from your bio, but just like what makes you human? What makes you a, a human being that does things in the world? Hmm. Well, I, I for me in particular, I just love a lot of different things. I'm always passionate about something new every couple weeks, if not months. And you'll see me jumping from one show to the next. But you know, Dragon Prince always will have a special place in my heart. But uh. Yeah, so I'm always checking out something new. If that means a show or food or a book, yeah, that's that's kind of my thing. Thing. <laughs> do you have? So you're jumping from new new things, which is awesome. But do you have a genre or I, I, you said animated shows in particular? But like, what are what's the genre of reading and what's the genre of animation that you prefer? Yeah. Uh, well, for me, I since with my YouTube channel, I'll pretty much check out any uh, Western animated show that has some sort of, you know, serialized storyline. 
yeah. uh, to it. So it, the genre is very so much. And because there's really just not that much out there compared to like anime at the yeah. moment. Uh, so I'll check out pretty much anything there. But especially when it comes to books, because there's a lot there are a lot more books to choose from. I gravitate towards fantasy and sci fi for sure. Definitely love the fantasy for me. I, I tend to like for some reason, sci fi is less interesting to me. I don't know why, but I definitely go hard on the fantasy. <laughs> Amazing. Well, cool. And like, so you've been cooling off this summer is what it, it's not hard to heat up. But is, are there things that you're doing outside that that are uh, interesting for you that are perhaps warming you up faster than other things? Uh. I was going to mention that, yeah, I've been uh, like, I've been trying to be more active in general. So, yeah, because I'm very much a homebody person. I I could be inside most of the day, though. Yeah, since I work from home now, I do want to get outside a lot. So some I've tried hiking and all that, uh, that stuff that a lot of people like to do. Uh, So that's that. But like every every weekend, I'll go look at garage sales and stuff. That's just kind of my thing to go out, you know, get some sun, do some walking around neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah, I find that really fun. Creating excuses to get outside. I am, I struggle with that during the school year. I'm still yeah. in school. So I have, I have, this is my last year. I, I'm not, I have nine months. It's not that I'm counting, but like I am ready to be done. And it's sometimes difficult to remember like, oh, I haven't been outside in weeks <laughs> like i should do something um so i'm i'm happy that you're attempting at least to rock climb and do those things and that's awesome yeah well, cool. yeah no i mean i, I kind of miss school in some ways because it was more structured about like oh you do get a break like, yeah i kind of miss that Fair. so maybe you'll miss it when you're done but i mean it, you've probably been at doing school for a while so I understand if you want to be done. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's always going to be a grass is greener on the other sides kind of a situation where there are 100% things I'm going to miss, but there are also going to be a lot of things that I do not miss. So um, six one way, half a dozen the other, I guess. Um, But yeah, okay. So, okay, let's let's hone in a little bit. We're going to hone in on the Dragon Prince now. And I know that you said that this play, this show in particular has a special place in your heart. Um, and I'm curious why, why the Dragon Prince? What is it about the Dragon Prince that um, is so intriguing for you? Uh, well, I'm a huge fan of anything. I know it's like a big thing of this as being human, but I am a big fan of things that are not human. Specifically, mm-hmm. dragons. So when I saw some a show with the name Dragon, uh, that had dragon titles, like, ooh, I am very interested in this, uh, because I've just always loved anything uh, like dragons. Um, and yeah, so I've been a fan of it since we got the first teaser poster of our main characters. And like I said, the name intrigued me, and the fact that it was a brand new studio making this that I'd never heard of. That's like, oh, they came out of nowhere. Like that is yeah. a very rare thing in. Um, Western animation to see. Usually there is like some huge name attached to it, mm-hmm. but for Wonderstorm, there wasn't. So, me being me and having a YouTube channel that I've been wanting to grow and make new connections, I reached out to Wonderstorm and I was able to form a relationship with the creators. And uh, I've done a lot of stuff with them because I'm lucky enough to live in Southern California, which is where they're based as well. So, that really helped. And I've 
I've met them many times. And most recently at this year's San Diego Comic-Con, I was on the panel, which was amazing. And it was a huge, huge event to anyone that was there or remembers they released the season right then. So that was the new season right then. Yeah. That was a wild drop. I'm not lying. <laughs> yeah, I was. it was hard to hold that that surprise in. <laughs> yeah no that was intense i uh i i was not able to attend i have not been able to go to a san diego i haven't been able to go to a comic-con to be here and so but specifically san diego of all of them i have not been able to attend and so it's just wild to come home and all of a sudden twitter's blowing up and you're like oh oh this just happened wow yeah so that was a really cool experience so it's amazing that you kind of and it, the creators like Justin and Aaron are really, really cool people that have just they're very generous with their time, it feels like. And then I, I've I've had that experience also with most of the voice actors and actresses who are are doing incredible work on the show. And just everybody's so g- generous with their time and willing to be a part of um, the kind of things that you were doing which is such so exciting so what a cool experience to have been able to kind of get them get be alongside them to the point where you're on the panel that's such a cool that's awesome right yeah Aaron like Aaron's the best and he wanted it was his idea and all that it's like really me are you sure like that's crazy I'm just a little uh just a fan like everyone else but it you know he knows I've I've done a lot for the show I guess because we've done like a lot of videos on it yeah. So I guess he wanted to say thank you for that, but it's still amazing that it, it happened. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Wow. Well, cool. Let's let's think about let's use all of that uh, experience and knowledge that you have, and let's uh, start to focus in on this this story that we are able to talk about and all storms in. And I, I want to pause here and just really be grateful for uh, Chris James, who is the author of this. Um, Chris is incredible, and you can hear. Uh, her talk about uh, several of the past reflections from the first round on our prior episodes. I highly recommend checking those out if you have time. Um, and thank you, Chris, for for writing those for us uh, and writing this one in particular. Okay, so when when we were thinking about this and we were kind of planning this episode, I asked you like, what is a lens that you would want to to talk about this uh, story through? And you chose the lens of grief. And I was wondering if you could just help me understand like why, why this word, this is a huge word. It's big. It's got a lot going on and you picked it. And so I'm curious what was going through your head and and why did you pick it? Well, to be honest, you did give me a list of potential options, but uh, (laughs) this was, I mean, grief was directly addressed in the short story. So it made sense to me that we could talk about this and it's really staring us right in the face and it's a, it's a big thing. It's what this whole story encompasses. So it made sense to me. Yeah. And it's one of those things where uh, I don't know if everybody who's listening knows the behind the scenes of like planning the episode, but um, sometimes I, I just, I offer the people who are joining us to pick a lens from out of the ether and they pick it on their own. And sometimes they're like, Hey, uh, what are some options here? I haven't done this before. Uh, and you took you took the latter option. And so these were some of the ones that came up. And grief is such a, it feels like such a both under-examined topic and over-examined topic. 
in our culture that um, it seems like there's a lot potentially to unpack. And so I'm excited about uh, hearing your perspective on it. And so what is the lens, what does it mean to you to talk about grief then? What is, what is, what is grief for you? Yeah. It, I mean, it's something that's really hard for me to talk about, I would say, because mm-hmm. I can be kind of a close off person when it comes to like those kinds of emotions. Uh, Cause like, I do want to be like more of a happy person all the time rather than yeah. sad. But like, I mean, I, it's something that I know we all have to deal with eventually. We're going to deal with, you know, sadness and loss eventually in our lives. And some more often than others, like we can see Zubaya has gone through it, you know, a lot more and Zim hasn't, but you know, but I think through him, you know, I'll say that talk about it later, probably like she'll learn to heal a bit from it. Like, and I love that quote that you chose with it, that mm-hmm. even though time will heal the wounds, you know, you won't be exactly the same as before that. And so yeah. I think that was per- a perfect summary of it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Learning, learning to dance with the limp is a really provocative image for sure. Yeah, it's so fascinating for me to think about just grief, generally speaking. And it's kind of funny. And I think it's been on my mind in particular, because I just I just took a summer class on death, dying and grief. Um, And so this has been um, kind of a summer long experience kind of talking about this. And I'm excited because one of the first articles we read for the class, the first sentence was the Latin for here ye be dragons. And uh, I was like, why are we reading about dragons in a bet when we talk about grief? And it's the space on the map that is um, uncharted often will used to have that on certain maps. And um, because the unknown is dangerous and it is chalked up to having dragons and things along those lines. And uh, thinking about this show in particular contextualizes dragons as not necessarily being, um, they are dangerous, but they are not necessarily something to be feared. And I think that's a, an interesting metaphor for grief. <laughs> so I thought that was really fascinating. Um, yeah. Amazing. Cool. So With that in mind, sorry, I digressed a little bit there, but uh, I want to toss it to you and just ask you kind of a question and go straight into the story. What is a moment in this story that uh, where you noticed grief? Yeah, I mean, it's very clear when Zim approaches his father's I, uh, what is it called? It's the statue, his corpse. Yeah, yeah. like it's hard to d- determine. Like it is both, both. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. And Zubay is like, don't, don't go over there, Zim. It's you know, it's it's hard for her to approach that part of the storm's fire at the bottom of it, and you know, of uh, you know, thunders reaching out towards the top. But you know, Zim. We learned that I don't know, that Zim loves him despite, you know, all the grief that comes with it. And he doesn't, it's different for him than with Subea. But for her, you know, we see how hard it was to look, be at this place where so much grief was caused. Yeah, there's, there's so, it's just such a complex moment because there's Zubea's perspective, but then there's also Zim's. And I am recording 
uh, spoiler alert, I'm recording with Raquel um, Belmonte for episode nine of the, the series for season five. And just the uh, the parallel for Zubea in episode nine going in the very beginning of the episode to Thunder and this statue and having this conversation. And yeah, like I, for some reason, it just happened to be today that there's so much parallel between this and that episode that I was just like, whoa, <laughs> this is so intense. Um, but for Zim, the okay, here's what's weird about Zim. Zim is playing with his dad's bones, right? And like, and it's um, it's in statue form, and but at the same time, it's like imagine seeing a child playing with <laughs> a statue of their dead dad. Um, it's such a what's the what's the word? It's such a tough thing to witness when you when you know it was a tragic death um and i think that's what makes this so hard is that this is a this was not a death where you know he died a peaceful death this was like a a murder situation which complicates grief all the more um does that resonate with you? Is that there's there's a lot of things that I just lifted up there, but I'm I'm curious if that kind of provokes any thought from you. Like about like where Zim like, like yeah, could you repeat that? Like kind of like where he's yeah. like I'm just I'm curious how it landed for you in particular, uh, for Zim, this image of Zim playing in mm-hmm. the around this structure, corpse, body, yeah. statue situation (laughs) it's it's really i think for zim he just doesn't understand exactly yeah like what it was i mean because he's this small tiny thing and his dad's immense for for humans we don't have this difference in scale that zim will have to his father so it's just like this giant statue there that you know he has to totally look up to even notice what it is right so yeah to me it's like it's not quite uh, it's kind of different like and it's just since he didn't live it he didn't live to see his dad his dad's death he wasn't a lot he wasn't born yet so he doesn't seem to understand the gravity of where he is but like I kind of don't blame him too much if if Zubaya doesn't want to talk about it if he yeah. just kind of landed there and was just playing around <laughs> and I think part of my question is I like where this might be a little nitpicky, but like where, what is the phase of development that Zim is in for like, what is the parallel equivalent of where he is developmentally around? Like he's only what, four years old or three and a half or something along those lines. But with that in mind, maybe he's, I don't know. Is that right? Is that three ish? It's like three and a half ish. Well, this uh, I think this does take place before season four, so we don't. I don't know exactly when this. Like the, we we see the pictures of him at the end, and he looks like his like season three self. Oh, I didn't. Of, so it, at least that's what it looks like to me. He looks l- like young, so he's kind of in his like still kind of little puppy face. Yeah. So <laughs> more like brooding regardless, right? Yeah. Like as a dragon, we don't know the equivalent of dragon. Yeah 
to human and like what is the parallel developmentally and so i'm wondering like is this the equivalent of a uh you know four-year-old like who is playing in this or is this the equivalent of like a 10-year-old or is this the equivalent of like a and so it's interesting to me because Zubay is having a really hard conversation with a child and yeah it is really interesting to think about how we talk about grief with children. Um, and I'm I'm curious, like, if that was something that you thought about when it was, like, what's it like to talk about grief with, with young people, you know? Yeah, it's interesting because, like, Zim also really can't communicate in the way that Zubaya mm-hmm. can. She can understand him and she can, like, it's. I loved how she could always tell where she is because, you know, she has the Arcanum connection. She knows uh, about, you know, they have a very close connection in that way that humans don't. But uh, he still can't communicate in the way that she can, but she can understand him. Even yeah. so, maybe, you know, he's not like a super little baby where he doesn't know how to speak words, but there is definitely some imbalance. And she can say she can be very complex and he can communicate one word at a, one meaning at a time. Yeah. And if he understands it is I am not like all the complexities. I'm not sure. Cause he's just like, you know, we know he loves his dad, but yeah. what are the complexities of that? It's just, it's just so interesting. And I think my impression is that Zubea is not shying away from this conversation for Zim's sake but for her own sake, she doesn't want to experience the pain of being near Avizandum. Um, But it seems like she is willing to have this conversation with Zim when she like, is like putting her pain aside. Does that make sense? Like it's, it's interesting to me that it's not a nope, Zim, you're not ready for this conversation is yeah. not, that's not the problem. It's that it's too painful for me. Right. Mm-hmm. I think being with Zim is her way of being able to, I mean, she's finally able to talk about it. She has somebody to talk about it with. And yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's exactly the point uh, for me of this whole story is that if I were, if I were to assign like a, a moral, so to speak to the story, it would be talking about grief is going to make it easier to, be to exist <laughs> right in this it ends on this really beautiful note of the thunder flat the lightning flashes and a smile the shadow of a smile is on the on Abizandum's face and like zim is really happy and like it's one of those things where it's like this this really really tough beginning and storm leads to this like glint of hope at the end and i i just i it's a really neat thing to think about this story as a model perhaps for what it looks like to for this experience of grief how do we process it in a way that is healthy and this is one potential avenue is that right does that that mean that's how it feels to me yeah definitely i i totally agree with you that this story is about processing grief and yeah that's i mean it makes sense. The storm, the storm ends and then, you know, eventually there'll be sunshine again. So yeah. I love it. And it's interesting though, because I, I think it's, it goes back to that Anne Lamott quote, well, even though the storm ends, 
and you may not be in that grief sometimes a storm will happen again right and you will remember and you will like metaphorically speaking the storm will happen again and this will revisit you and it will be hard again and you'll have moments where it's fleeting and it's a some really painful and sometimes it's not and it's just learning to be and exist with that like metaphorical limp in a way um it's just really a beautiful experience oh well chris james rocking it <laughs> yeah that's a, such a beautiful story and like personally i just loved getting to see the side of zubeya and dragons in general in this show uh yeah. this is like the first time i think perhaps we really got to see their perspective just them mm -hmm. um and we got to see zubeya more in season uh you know in the most recent season we got to see like scenes of just her which i also love so I really appreciate seeing this perspective. Yeah. I'm curious for you, uh, just a general question, knowing that you have spent a lot of time with this show. Um, what is your kind of, you enjoy, you mentioned at the very beginning, enjoying dragons, but also just non-humans, right? And I'm curious what it's like for you to, I think the tendency for me, I'll speak from my perspective, is that it's really difficult to imagine different ways of being and existing, right? When um, I am so entrenched in my own way of seeing the world. And um, I'm curious for you if you think that dragons experience grief differently than humans do and if so what what kind of clues or thoughts brought you to thinking about that and mm -hmm. it might be, i'm just curious <laughs> yeah yeah i i definitely think they do experience it differently in this show uh what that is exactly yeah i'm not sure it's it could change between each dragon but uh yeah i'm not really like 100 how but i just don't think they experience things the same way humans it do because their life is i mean they live so many lives yeah uh, but like you know, i mean as in they live so long <laughs> like especially arch dragons where they you know a human's life is pretty inc incon inconsequential to them mm -hmm. uh in the scope of things and uh i think eventually like just probably like star touch elves it's probably similar that's probably the closest they'll get uh i think perhaps like they'll learn to not grieve as much eventually uh, because they've mm -hmm. experienced it so many times. Some, especially if they were close, like Zim's going to have to experience it eventually with, you know, all his friends that yeah. eventually it might not be as tough to get through things. That's just my thought. Uh, but it seems like for Zubaya, like uh, Avazamdim was supposed to be her one that was supposed to be with her forever and ever. They had the exact same, you know, lifespan and, uh status so the fact that he's gone so early that's like that hits her probably maybe even harder yeah. than a human because uh as we saw she went into a deep depression so i think actually it's like more intense perhaps because she could not function after losing thunder yeah that makes sense i i think that that's a really good point because what we see is that she was like in an almost unwakeable sleep right and thinking about that um, as an extension of 
a depression is um is helpful i think for contextualizing the difference and i think uh are you a fan have you read the uh, inheritance cycle aragon um i have not <laughs> so well talk about dragons um yeah. and uh dragon writing um it's uh, there's a lot of similarities in that I'm noticing uh, that dragons live a really long time uh, indefinitely, really. Um, and so do like their elves do, but they, the author kind of goes into tr attempting to explain the differences of what it is like to live forever and experience the continual death of certain folks while you have other people that are around you and things that mean more to someone who lives forever are like the the birth of a new person with that lives forever is like oh this is a really big deal like it is way bigger deal than it seems like we make of it and it's the same deal with with death right it's those 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 things are taking more seriously and they're they're more intensely honored and i'm i'm wondering if there's something that we can learn from that um learning perhaps to appreciate even though we aren't living forever learning still to appreciate the brevity and gravity of of life i don't know that's that's my thought that's what i'm feeling called to do is to perhaps just appreciate it and be more intentional about it yeah for people that i mean since for all us humans yeah we should appreciate like just appreciating because we're all the same you know we mm -hmm. don't have dragons in our real world that live forever that we need to appreciate each life more you know uh seeing you know all these people people dying but you know some people don't really think about it you know all these people dying but maybe we should like more i think if you know there's even though there is like we might live countries apart uh or things like that i don't know i'm just trying to think like because it was just like still to dragons we saw we in this story that you know and eh, so you know he may have uh gotten a little too carried away with his job and killed yeah. a bunch of humans uh so to him those lives were inconsequential but uh but for us they're not so yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. There's a moment in this that I appreciate in regards to this. And it one of them is um, Zubea feels like this is painful, right? And so she, one, I, I think the first thing is that we see a very intense uh, description right at the very beginning of how grief is physically experienced. Like she talks about it being like a physical pain in her chest, like a shard of glass. And I, I think often we forget that this is something that we experience in our body. It's not just a mental, it's not just a feeling in our head. It's a, it's a physical feeling. Um, and I thought that was really fascinating because when I'm in pain, I am not very likely to want to uh do things that are good for other people like when i'm in pain i am very like tunnel vision focused on that pain and i'm less likely to 
be helpful or um, to want to perhaps like if I had a kid, I would probably be less patient with my child if, if I were in pain. And we see that initially with with Zubeya in this. And I, I guess I'm wondering if it seems like grief has the potential to make compassion more difficult, is I think my point. Um, is that been an experience for you? Does that resonate with you or is that off the wall? Mm -hmm. No, I, I agree. Like not only with the story, but yeah, in real life, it's like sometimes all you like when you're really upset, you, all you can think about is yourself. Right. So, um, and just getting, trying to, you know, live, continue on or, you know, hopefully get, get over it before you can think about other people. So no, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's it's so wild to think about because it's it's counterintuitive, right? Because what we really need when we're in pain from grief is community, but what that grief is doing is in a way shutting us down from getting that community because it's saying no 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 no, you need to go process alone. Um, because I think that's something that's cultural, especially for in the United States, like oh, you're crying, you should go be by yourself. Do you need to be go alone and be by yourself? When really what we want is like, no, I want to be like comforted, right? I want to experience community. And I don't know, it feels counterintuitive. And I don't know how we, what are what are your thoughts on how we counteract that? <laughs> well, I mean, Zubay is so lucky to have Zim because yeah. she gets to see, you know, he can kind of see past that and, you know see the light at the end of the tunnel there for her and yeah. she has she has you know like that's her hope and so she always has him uh to say there's there's someone else you know there's someone that could help me and he sees the bright <laughs> he's just a child so he sees a lot of things mm -hmm. uh positively and yeah i think it is always important like maybe when you're comfortable to find your community if either it could be in person or online to reach out to somebody to talk about things with yeah. You know, yeah, it can be hard to just get over it entirely alone without speaking to anyone or it will last longer if you just bottle it up. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and we see that right in the show in that Zubaya retreated, right? And she was literally to the point of sleeping that people were worried for her health. Um, and that retreat was detrimental to her experience. And then zim right and like i i think that i i don't mean to say that everybody should have a child when you are experiencing grief i don't think that's the answer <laughs> but uh it is interesting to think about how like i the, one of the things i think about is a, a social wound uh requires a social balm in order to heal um that's a, a quote from Brene brown that i heard um, and I, I think that's so true because I, and I think grief is often our surrounding loss for loss of someone, loss of people that we love and care about. And that's a, that's a social wound. Um, and I think it indicates that that means that there's a social way to heal. And I think we see that in this, um, yeah, fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else in this is sparking interest for you that we haven't talked about yet? I think I only have one more that um, 
is on my mind? Um, well, I mean, I really loved them in the beginning of seeing what Zubea thinks of Rex Igneous. Um, just, it's good to, I, I like seeing what the relationships are between the dragons, and we got a little glimpse at that. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, I'm sure we'll keep seeing that in the show, and I love it. <laughs> it's interesting to think about, too, like, I, in that dream sequence, it's so cool that she is dreaming about being comforted by a friend right and like that that when rex said that that stuck with her and that was a that was comforting for her and she is remembering that and experiencing that through this dream or maybe it's not a memory maybe it's something that she's dreaming and it's just conjuring up um who knows what do you think do you think it's a memory or do you think it's a a dream sequence that may or may not have happened (laughs) Um, I mean, I want to say it's a bit of both. He probably yeah. has said some of this to her in the past, although like this is a unique circumstance uh, that they haven't talked in a while, I'm pretty sure. So back when in the day when, you know, over he didn't I mean, Rex didn't even know Thunder died. So yeah. back in the day, uh, it seemed like uh, Rex did think highly of Zubea. So he probably did call her the Mighty Queen <laughs> uh, and all that and knew that she was she's strong. Yeah. Fascinating. No, I think that's really cool. I I would love to get more arch dragon interaction. <laughs> that seems um like a really cool thing for us to see. Um I would have loved to have seen more of Domina Profundus as well in season five. Right. I loved the stories we got for her that expanded a lot uh yes. on what we know. So exactly. I'm coming. <laughs> I am all about these these stories. It's so cool. Um, so, so my last point is about the relationship between bravery and, and grief. And again, I think this is kind of towards the end of, of the story where she's like, no, I have to be brave for Zim. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about these feelings. I'm going to become proximate to this grief and the, that in and of itself, she is labeling as an act of bravery. And I'm curious if that's how you think about grief uh, as well. Is is it brave to opt in to feeling the feelings of grief? Mm, I think, yeah, I mean, it can be so scary to, to, yeah, to even, I don't know, approach anyone about your grief or do anything about it. You could, it's, it's strong to, uh, yeah do these things I, I mean I agree with you uh it's just yeah I'm not sure exactly what to say here but no I think that's I think that's it's I don't know that there is the right thing to say yeah other than <laughs> it's it's really interesting to me though that I I, th- I think what happens is um the stories we tell ourselves are often like I'm so weak because I'm I'm so like depressed and I'm so filled with grief and I am so uh, this is affecting me so much and I'm feeling these feelings and therefore I am I'm weak in ourselves. But then what we see Zubeya doing is demonstrating that that's that's not the case. It's it's when we when we feel those feelings, 
that's an act of of bravery, not an act of weakness. And so it just seems so counterintuitive, I think, for people. Uh, and I'm, 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 I guess I'm wondering, this seems like a healthier option, I think is my point, is that Zubeya is showing us that I think from her history of living for, you know, forever has, is showing us that bravery is a better choice than thinking that it's an, a sign of weakness to, to feel that grief. Right. Does that, does that make sense? Is that, um, (laughs) or am I just talking up? Like, no, it's, I mean, it's pretty amazing. Like she's, even though she's lived for so long, I feel like over the course of the series of her, she has grown so much versus, you know, we saw her at the beginning of the series wallowing her grief versus, I mean, she was feeling that, but she was cutting everyone off. She wasn't letting anyone get close to her. She wasn't waking up versus now, you know, she's brave enough to talk about it with Sim and I think she's growing from it. And so I think this is the right thing for her to do. And yeah, um, I'm grateful for that. And I think that's another, like, I guess, call to courage for for everyone who's kind of still listening to us have this conversation but it's it's a like what does it mean when we're feeling grief it seems like we're being called to feel those feelings and that is uh we should i would like to say that we should call that an act of bravery not an act of weakness right that is a sign Mm -hmm. you are living your best life is that you choose and opt into the feeling rather than to um, shy away from it, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little tough for me, but it's a tough it, subject. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is there anything else that we want to touch on before we transition over to our our next and final segment. No, I think, I think you covered a lot of it, which was amazing. It was, I mean, it's not the longest story, but like it just, I just loved every moment of it. Oh, I just like, it gave me very Lion King vibes. How Zubaya was like, you know, yeah. he, he lives in like, you know, Alexander uh, <laughs> lives in you. Yeah, I know. Right. That's, that's, I was like, Oh, I love Lion King also because non-humans, but um, it's just, just to see how, you know, Sims like his father, but he's also somebody else. And I can't wait to see him grow. <laughs> oh, God, what a beautiful song, too. Just like shouting. Right? <laughs> God, that soundtrack, one of the greatest in the history of ever. Oh, man. Okay. Well, this has been incredible so far. Thank you for having this intense conversation with me. Um, I want to love to invite us into gratitude, uh, thinking about something from this conversation uh who is someone um from this story or from our conversation that you are thankful for and why yeah i mean i mean in the story there are really only like three named characters i think but i mean obviously i'm just super thankful for zim for being for being there his lovely self and bringing out some light in zubea that she probably didn't know she had still um and reminding her that yeah we still love Thunder, even though he is gone. Yeah, I'm I'm really grateful for that, too. Like, grateful just for the the childlike, and I guess it's not childlike, it is the child that is uh, giving us 
a chance to remember that we need to explain things and some things are not just evidenced by or obvious, I guess. Um, amazing. So Zim, and I, I think I'm going to have to take the obvious choice here and pick Zubea for choosing choosing that brave option and choosing to have this conversation with Zim that is clearly difficult for her, but I'm really grateful that she's modeling what it looks like to handle grief well for Zim. Um, and I think that that's just really beautiful. And so I'm grateful for that as well. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that brings us to our, our closing, which I would love for you to, if you want to be found, how would you like to be found by our listeners? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like I mentioned, I do have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's Cartoon Universe on YouTube. And if you still yeah. use Twitter, we do have a Twitter, whatever it's called now. Not going to mention it. Uh, it's <laughs> at Cartoon UV. <laughs> and we have the same handle on Instagram. Oh, and we also have a Discord. Uh, it, the, it, the code to get in is Cartoon UV as well. It's just a direct code to get in. And I'm also a moderator on the official Dragon Prince Discord. Uh, so if you want to talk just Dragon Prince, that's the place to be. Sweet. Uh, I highly recommend checking out all of those things. Uh, please do. Uh, if you want to find us, if you want to find, uh, me and have a conversation, you can find me at BNB underscore pod. And that's on pretty much all of the social medias. Um, you can find me also uh, and support us on Patreon, BNB underscore pod. We really appreciate that. We're really trying to uh, help give our producer just a little bit more than he's getting right now. And so if you could help us do that right now, we're at eight uh, people who are on our uh, campaign. I'd love to get to 10 as our next goal. So um, I really would love that. And if you have any capacity, if you're the type of person that listens to this, the, the day it comes out, uh, this might be for you to, to consider. Um, but no matter what, uh, I understand that it's a tough life <laughs> that we live. And if you can't contribute financially, that is perfectly okay. Uh, listening is enough. Um, I hope that everyone is doing well. Haley, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Um, and I look forward to uh, seeing you on all of the interwebs. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you once again for letting me be a guest on here. You've had a lot of amazing guests, so I'm glad I could join the ranks. <laughs> yes, it is incredible to have you among them. All right, everyone, with that in mind, thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Bending Not Breaking in the Dragon Pod. Until next time, be well and do good.